0: This podcast is produced by EnergeticCity.ca, your only local and independent news in Northeast B.C. To support local news and this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join to find out more. Now, an in-depth look at the news and information shaping our community. This is Moose Talks with your host, Doug Craig, on Moose FM. Good morning and welcome to another edition of the show. After a few anxious weeks in northeast BC, the danger from forest fires threatening people has largely passed. Now to talk about where we are with these fires in the peace now and what we can expect going forward in the summer, we're joined by BC Wildfire Service Information Officer Sharon Nickel. Sharon, welcome to Moose Talks. Good
1: morning, Warren. Thanks.
0: Thank you so much for being here. Um, Let's talk first about kind of the fires um, in the Northeast that uh, really kind of threatened Fort St. John and properties kind of north of us here in the past few weeks. As I understand, the ones kind of immediately nearby are being held. Can you first kind of explain what exactly that means in comparison to out of control or, or kind of other statuses that these fires could be under?
1: Sure. Um, so I guess just to go with the out of control first, um, that really describes a wildfire that is new. Um, so not, not necessarily just new, but it's uh, all fires are turned to out of control when they are discovered. Mm-hmm. And that describes a wildfire that's not responding to or is only responding to on a limited basis to the suppression actions mm-hmm. um, such that the perimeter spread isn't being can- Contained. Now, when we're able to get resources out there, whether that is air support, uh, firefighter crews on the ground, heavy equipment, that sort of thing, and we're able to really work on suppressing those fires, we can move them to stages like being held and under control. So, being held indicates a stage of control that where, with the resources that we've got currently assigned to that, um, as well as the forecasted weather on site, um, BC Wildfire Service is able to like have a decent chance that that fire is going to stay within its containment lines. So it indicates that sufficient action has been taken so Mm -hmm. that the fire is not likely to spread beyond those boundaries. Um, And then under control indicates that the fire has received sufficient suppression action to ensure no further spread of the fire. So being held can mean that you might see some increased activity or a little bit of growth within a defined perimeter, but we're not expecting it to go past those lines.
0: Mm -hmm. And that is that expectation kind of on a daily weekly monthly forever basis generally, or is it only for a uh, you know kind of a certain amount of time as long as the conditions that we're under right now weather and whatnot are are sort of continuing
1: kind of a combination of everything actually um, so for a fire to be moved to being held there's a combination of things in play um, so that can include things like the containment lines which can be wet wetlands that are constructed around the fire. Um, the BC Baltimore Service likes to use naturally occurring features like lakes and roads as fire breaks and those mm-hmm. further reduce fire activity and behavior. Um, certainly the weather is a big component of that so both the current and forecasted conditions are also considerations as well as the available fuel for combustion that remains on the landscape um, as well as the amount of resources so aircraft, heavy equipment, crews that are available um, to be assigned on, the, uh, on that fire really Play into that, um, and being held really is kind of, uh, I guess, an in between between out of control, under control, and then once we're able to move through those steps and follow the processes that are in um, in play, then we're able to officially call fires out.
0: Mm-hmm. Is is then kind of the ultimate goal is to be able to say this this fire is under control, and then as you say, out like held is fine, but we want to move past that, and that you'll continue to. Uh, move resources and work on that fire to get to that uh, kind of point, I assume, hey?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, when fires are moved from that out of control to either being held or under control, the BC wildfire service can reassess the resources that are currently assigned on site. Um, and that can mean that we can either redirect or redeploy resources to places that might be in more need of those mm-hmm. um, or change our response tactics. So we're really doing what we can to ensure um, to ensure being held or under control it becomes the status for those so that we're also able to manage new starts that we see.
0: Mm -hmm. now earlier this week um and i'm blanking on what day it was but i remember the rain started to fall here in fort st john and i swear you could hear a collective sigh of relief from everybody going oh thank goodness it's happening um that rain lasted kind of two three days off and on uh it was quite a deluge for at least a day there how well would you say and how important would you say that was in kind of improving um Improving the danger there was against the fire moving or spreading or whatnot uh, and and kind of getting to the point where um, you could call it held at this point kind of later in the week as uh, the rain moved on.
1: Uh, so I guess one of the main pieces of that is the rainfall really impacts the ease of ignition and flammability of the fuels. Uh-huh. Um, and it, it slows that fire activity, that fire behavior. And that allows our crews to be able to get out on the fire line to achieve objectives in a more direct manner before things dry out again. Um, in terms of the impact of the rain that we did see, we saw a brief dip in the fire danger ratings because that top level of forest fuel, those like fine twigs and that leaf litter, um, that that got a lot of moisture. So that took a lot of moisture. Uh, however the deeper fuels so when we're looking at kind of that medium woody debris and even those deep compact layers so that's anything that's like two inches deep or deeper um, those haven't been significantly impacted by the rain so the peace area in uh, particular was experiencing a drought code five going into the winter and those those drought conditions have persisted into the spring. So it's going to take quite a significant amount of precipitation to kind of uh, penetrate all of those deeper layers of forest fuels. Um, but we've already also now seen the fire danger ratings increase with only a day or two of the warm, dry weather following that healthy rainfall. Um, so it's just really important to know that um, fire is as dynamic as the weather and it can change just as quickly as well.
0: Mm-hmm. So then kind of going forward... I guess with, uh, you know, looking at forecasts as best as you can and sort of predicting the weather if you can, looking ahead, managing these fires in the North Peace, the Stoddard Creek, Red Creek, even further, the Donnie Creek wildfire and complex. What does that look like in the coming days, months, or days, weeks, and months, I should say, and, and the response, the continued response from the wildfire service?
1: Yeah, um, planning is obviously critical to success. So the tactics and strategies that the BC wildfire uses to manage wildfires depends on several factors. Um, First and foremost is the importance of human life and safety, but also to the location, uh, to the location of fires and the fire's proximity to values, as well as fire weather, fire activity and availability resource. Um, So when we're looking at those fires in the piece, the type of continued response um, there, as well as other fires across the Prince George Fire Center, will depend on all of those factors. Um, Response moving forward might be as simple as just monitoring the is kind of within that containment area. Um, For those fires in the piece that you've just mentioned, incident management teams are still in place at those complexes, and they're creating updated um, response, response objectives. So when it's appropriate and reasonable to do so, the incident management teams will demobilize and those fires will get turned back over to the local zone who then assume the continued management of those incidents and the planning and execution of response objectives happens at that level. Um, and certainly, uh, like the weather does play a huge, a huge piece of that. Um, and you know, it's, if we have a really cool wet June that is favorable to really kind of knock these fires down and be able to move a lot of the larger fires into a being held and under control status. Um, and then potentially be able to get crews out on the landscape to extinguish those fires as well.
0: Mm -hmm. So I suppose with all those factors in mind, it, it must be near impossible to say what the season's going to look like going forward in Northeast BC in the Prince George fire center. Um, I mean, can you even ballpark what the likelihood is that we could see more fire activity as the summer goes on, or is it as you say really depend on the next month and how wet June is and and, and kind of that kind of situation?
1: Uh, I would err on the side of saying it really does depend what June looks like is term in terms of weather forecasts the the most accurate that we can be is really that three to five days ahead of time um, long range forecasts the longer they go out the less um, the less I guess accurate, they, they tend to be. So how a fire season plays out really depends on what happens in June. While we had an early start with the fires at the end of April and beginning of May, the activity that we've seen in the past four weeks, particularly in the piece, isn't necessarily an accurate indicator of what the rest of the fire season is going to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also now transitioning out of spring dip. So we're seeing a lot of our leafy, those, those deciduous trees really kind of greening up and those provide natural fire breaks. So those aren't going to ignite as easily or be as susceptible to fire. Um, But we're moving now into the season where more lightning caused fires occur. So if our fire center or across the province were to experience that cool, wet June, we would find moisture in those deeper fuel levels. And if that were to happen, not only would it immediately impact the flammability and ease of ignition of all those fuels, it lowers what's called the buildup index, which is a numeric rating that takes into account the fuel available for combustion, as well as the moisture content of um, all of those deeper fuels and the effect of
0: seasonal drought wow um then i suppose moving forward especially as you say we're kind of moving into the season where it's more likely going to be lightning that causes um uh, forest fires what can we be doing as as people you know whether we're in fort st john or we have properties north uh you know and around the city and whatnot what can we be doing to Mitigate the chance of forest fires, you know, coming to our property or, 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 or you know, affecting us, kind of uh, going forward.
1: Yeah, um, mitigating risk uh, is really a shared responsibility, and we can't stress enough how it, is, how important it is for people, whether that's residents, tourists, travelers, campers, recreationalists, to ensure that their activities don't do wildfires. Human-caused wildfires are entirely preventable and divert crucial firefighting resources away from those naturally occurring fires and other existing fires. So what this means for folks is to first be aware of all of the current bans and prohibitions that are in place for the area that you are either currently in or you plan to be in, um, to know what the current fire danger is, those current and forecasted weather conditions, and then only when it's safe and permitted to do so, to use fire responsibly. um, So if that's having a campfire, ensuring that you're following all of the campfire regulations. If that's going out into the backcountry or using an off-road vehicle or ATV or conducting other high-risk activities, to be cautious and responsible. It's really important to educate yourself. And if you're in doubt about whether or not it's safe to do an activity, even if it's permitted, just don't do it. It's really not worth the risk. Um, And when it comes to mitigating danger to homes and properties, individuals can play a critical role in risk reduction by undertaking fire smart initiatives. So a lot of really great information is Available online at firesmartbc.ca, and you may be able to connect with your local municipality or regional district to see if there's a local coordinator or representative who can work with you to start the process of fire smarting your home and property.
0: All right, Sharon, well, we got just uh, one last question for you here. Um, I know we the media look at this uh you know this valuable service that the b c wildfire service provides the uh the dashboard where you can see a map of kind of where fires are the area they're in what kind of their status is, and uh looking at it uh even kind of at the start of the wildfire season. We noticed that the Battleship Mountain wildfire is still on the map. It shows that it's, uh, I don't know the status offhand, but uh, we just kind of wanted to know about that. I mean, that was a sizable fire near Hudson's Hope last year. Uh, Where are we on that fire and why is it still indicated on the map if it's seemingly either under control or had been put out because of kind of winter?
1: Yeah. Um, So the Battleship Mountain Fire is what we call the holdover fire. So um, when it was burning, it burned up just just under 35,000 hectares. So as you mentioned, it was a sizable fire. Um, It is currently classified as under control. And it's one of a handful of fires that do remain on our map from 2022. Um, So those holdover fires can be a result of a large number of hectares burned, as well as the conditions on site, which for that area were extreme drought going into the winter. Mm -hmm. Um, Fires can continue to smolder in those deeper fuel layers or move underground into root systems. So they can stay active throughout the winter and they're kind of insulated with any snow that's on top. Uh, We also did experience a slightly below average snowpack in the Peace area. I think it was about 90% of average. Um, So we didn't have a lot of moisture coming from the the spring melt. And, you know, with the exception of the last couple days of rain, that were in step there, there hasn't been a lot of spring precipitation. Um, So all of those things have really contributed to the current conditions and having a fire that was as active as it was when the snow fell. um, You know, we were able to have it in that under control state, but there were still hot spots and active areas within the perimeter. Um, So to be able to officially call that out, we have to be able to follow our process and getting crews out there to patrol and you know extinguish every single hotspot spot on that fire so it may take some time we may see that fire stay on the map for quite a while this season as well um so it just really needs to have a process followed before we can call anything out um and really just given the impact that it did have on the landscape it may take some time to get there
0: mm-hmm. does that mean there there hasn't been anybody investigating yet or that process is sort of underway
1: it is underway Uh, so the local zone has done some scans of the area they are aware of some hot spots that do exist um and then certainly you know if we were to experience say another heat dome or another like extreme heat event and high winds anything on any fire in the um, across the province you would see you would presumably see Mm an uptick in fire activity and behavior um because fire really likes that hot dry air it doesn't like you know that nice cool moist air and then wind obviously will help fuel the fuel the flames to be quite honest
0: okay all right well sharon i really appreciate you uh taking some time to chat with us uh about this uh, very important topic uh once again today thank you so much
1: great thanks warren
0: you're very welcome. We do want to thank our guest Sharon Nickel from the BC Wildfire Service for making some time for us today. Now, if you haven't already, we've got a brand new show on Moose FM that's aired five or six episodes that you ought to check out called The Trail Ahead. Uh, It airs on Moose FM Sundays at 1pm, and host Trail Echo talks about events, news, and stories from Doig River and other First Nations throughout the Treaty 8 territories. He also does the Beaver Word of the Day, so we can Uh, Learn more about uh, the Beaver language as well. You can listen to brand new episode this Sunday at 1 p.m. over here on Moose FM or check out previous episodes of the Trail Ahead podcast over at energeticcity.ca slash podcast. He has wonderful guests on as well, and he's had some great conversations over the past few episodes. Definitely worth checking out. Again, it's called the Trail Ahead, energeticcity.ca slash podcast podcasts. Well, that's our show for today. Jordan Prentice and Trey Pashinsky are the producers of Moose Talks. I'm Dub Craig. Be well. Thanks for listening to this EnergeticCity.ca podcast. EnergeticCity.ca is your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To help keep us independent
1: and to support this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join.